Welcome back to HR Works Podcast, 5-Minute Fridays. I'm your host, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Some people call it the turnover tsunami. Um, others are, I think that's rather poetic, but um, others are commonly calling it the great resignation. Whatever you call it, it's here to stay. Um, the BLS has shown, that's the Bureau of Labor Statistics, has shown a very high voluntary quit rate for the last four months. In July, it was $3.9 million per month. What does it all mean? How do organizations survive? Today's guests might have an idea or two. I'm pleased to have with us today Bill Armstrong. He's the president at Gava Talent. Is it Gava? Gava, yes. At Gava Talent Solutions. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So great resignation. Is that good or bad? What's uh, what's the deal with that? You know, it depends on what side of it you're on. Um, because one of, on the other side of this, you could sort of look at it as a great acceptance. <laughs> because on the one <laughs> hand, you have these people resigning. And on the other hand, you have these people are accepting offers at other places. These are not people exiting the workforce. Um, so I, I think that you've got this occurring. I, I, I believe you can put it into three buckets. And I think you've got one, which is people that were looking to leave pre-pandemic uh, for all the normal reasons that people leave jobs, but they couldn't do anything about it because everything froze. And now they're uh, emboldened and are out there looking for another job. And then I think the second one is specifically related to COVID, and we can touch on that in a minute. And then I think the third one is now that the market is heating up, people know that they can find other jobs, that they will have a place to go. And so now you're getting that thrown in the mix as well. And so when you put all of those together, that's where you are having, um, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of turnover. I like that you said that people aren't leaving the workforce. One of the things that was difficult to hear people talk about was it's all these unemployment benefits that are making people not return to work. Um, and that some people left their jobs because they wanted to go on unemployment, which I think the numbers aren't showing is the case. And it's a gut reaction to try and blame uh, I agree. someone besides yourselves. <laughs> let's talk, before we dive into the next thing, let's talk a little bit. You uh, alluded to COVID playing a big role as for people leaving. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, I think that there are at times, there can be a big disconnect between the employer and the employee on what COVID means, returning to work, and all of these things. And I, I spoke to a candidate about two weeks ago that I think illustrates this perfectly. And great candidate, great background, had been with the company for a number of years, and has been working from home for the last year, year and a half, and feels incredibly productive working from home, and has loved not having to have the daily commute. And this particular candidate has two children that are going back to school, in-person learning uh, starting now. So her company is now coming to her saying, great, the kids are back in school. No reason you can't come back to the office full time. And she is saying, great, the kids are back in school. Never will I have an opportunity to be this pr more productive working from home. It's now the perfect work from home situation for me. No distractions during the day. So she's looking at this as further evidence of why she should stay at home. And her employer is looking at it like, hey, that's case in point why you need to come back to work. And when 
whenever you have that disconnect and that miss sort of communication on an issue like this, that's when you're going to have the turnover. HR is supposed to be the people that are there that are communicating those differences that are bridging that gap between, you know, what the, the employer as a whole wants and what the employees are feeling, you know, and I've talked to what I would consider a disturbing number of HR professionals that are incredibly quick to embrace return to work on some scale. You know, I think they've read the room and they realize people don't really want to go back. So they're saying, well, we'll make it a hybrid workplace as though that's, that's this great compromise. But what that really is, is removing the freedom of those that were truly remote to conduct their lives as they were, as they were to work from wherever they want to work. Maybe they were going to move. Maybe, you know, it makes more sense for them to, to be somewhere else. And now it's, well, okay, I got to arrange a different kind of childcare two days a week because I'm going to be in the office or three days a week. It's just interesting to see. It's complicated. It's complicated. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering what your belief is about this. I'm going to call it an obsession with the return to work. Why? Why? I mean, haven't we proven that that's not necessary? I, I think what companies are doing is when they say, let's just get back to normal and return to work is normal. So let's do that. And then I think you're also seeing companies have the leases. They, they've got money tied up into these office spaces and they don't want to just have them sitting there idle. It feels like, you know, you're just throwing money down the drain. And so since I have the space, let me get people in there to fill it up. And what I think companies need to do is I, I think it's clear right now that a one size fits all approach does not work. I, I think you've got to evaluate all of the roles that are in that office, determine is there really a need, a work need for somebody to be there? Um, you know, maybe if somebody's a scientist or something like that, they, they have to be there. You're not going to have the equipment other places. Listen to the employees um, so you can kind of take the temperature on what the people are feeling. And then for those that are having to come back, understand there's going to be an adjustment period. And then what things can you provide to ease that transition? Um, you know, and also to, you know, the, the, the mental health issue is gone, um, you know, kind of the top of the list for a lot of people. It, these things that were once taboo to talk about are now very open, which I think is a very healthy thing. But then as a company, what can you do to support that mental health of the, of the people that, you know, may be coming back or certainly those that are still working from home? And I think if you go through that process and you say, look, this position really has to be in the office and here's why, that most of the time employees feel the same way. But it's just when like, okay, we deep cleaned it and, you know, we put up a few dividers. Now just come back because we're paying the lease. If the employee feels that that's what's going on, that's not going to work. What I would encourage employers that are considering that to do is to take your current turnover rate, add add ten percent or fifteen percent to it, calculate that cost, and then weigh it against the cost of your lease, and just see what those numbers look like before you make that decision. People are going to leave if they're forced back in the office. Period. They are, and I think what employers have to realize is, look, if you're, like I said at the beginning, it depends which side of this you're on. If you're taking these prudent steps, you're listening to people, you're evaluating the roles, only bringing back those ones that really have a good business case to come back, 
you have a tremendous ability to hire some great people right now and really upgrade your team. And so while somebody over here is losing people and is complaining about the great resignation, you're over here going, wow, I, I, this is the strongest team I've ever had. Um, and I've been able to attract people in. So this does have two sides to it. And to me, it makes a lot of sense to be on the side <laughs> of being able to attract talent. It does. And one of the things I always try and remind people is that there's an entire industry of highly motivated and dedicated recruiting individuals out there that are adaptive in a way that organizations can't be. You know, they're looking at people posting on social media saying no one wants to work here and saying, cha-ching, I just found a new source for talent. I'm going to call that call people from that company up because something's wrong there. You know, it's it's not that no one wants to work. Although I can see why people might jump to that conclusion, it's that they don't want to work for you. And that's going to be a very difficult lesson to learn. It is a very difficult lesson. And, and, and you're exactly right. Like we said a couple of times, the people aren't leaving the workforce. They're still going to work, but they're not going to work for you. And then that's, you know, where you have a problem. And, and from a recruiter recruiting perspective right now, it is very easy to get somebody to talk to you um, about an open role because the economy and the employment situation is, is, is heated up to the point that people feel very comfortable about leaving, um, knowing, and why do people feel comfortable about leaving? Because if I leave my safe job and I go take another one and say for whatever reason it doesn't work out, I can then go get another job. And when the economy locks down, people don't want to move because, gee, this feels safe. And if I leave and I get laid off there, then I'm unemployed. And people aren't thinking like that now. They're thinking like, I've got options. And so when you put that in the mix with these things that we're talking about with the return to work, um, a, a good recruiter can very easily get people to talk to them about a role. And if your company is one of the ones, they can say, look, here's everything they're doing for their employees and not a lot of those things cost a lot of money, by the way. Um, and somebody's at a at a company going, well, gee, I've got a list of things that they're doing to make my life harder. That person's going to go. Absolutely, they will. And it's one of the things that I've found very interesting is that uh, millennials are more likely to leave a job without another job lined up, which is something that I think was basically unheard of for a long time. Uh, certainly during my career. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, there, there's going to be those organizations out there that are, they're not getting things quite right. They're not necessarily bad organizations, and maybe they aren't going to be as susceptible to this kind of employee. But organizations out there that have been pushing people's buttons or asking too much or have been wildly misunderstanding or misreading the scenario, you have to realize that millennials are the number one slice of the workforce right now. And a lot of us are just willing to sort of leave with even without something lined up um because we're confident that we can find something else and uh exactly it's really important to understand um anyway uh i had another one for you what was it i mean one of the things i found interesting i find interesting about this is that people are still talking about well should we have employees in the office or not because like you were saying Though really, those people that have to be in the office knew knew that and really will have been in the office or at their workplace this whole time. 
we've had a, over a year to figure that out. It's not the question shouldn't be that anymore. Should we or should we not? The question is, what are we going to do next? Because clearly you should know by now which of your roles should have to be at the workplace and which ones don't need to be. I just think that's interesting that it's still a discussion. <laughs> and I and, and I, I think that it is. I think a lot of companies kind of kick the can down the road on that a little bit um, when it was a work from home. And now all of a sudden that in some locations where, you know, everybody is going back, uh, that they're, you know, getting getting back to that point and then starting to make some of those decisions. Another interesting thing I've seen is, you know, many organizations are trying to come up with incentives to get people to come back in, uh, different kinds of benefits. Maybe they're going to pay for your commute, um, whatever it is that they're going to do. They're being more flexible. But there's some organizations like Google announced that they were going to be doing pay cuts to people that work from home, disincentives. What an interesting approach uh, and a bold one. What's, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is I, I do have some uh, empathy for companies on this one a little bit, that if you uh, you get wild differences in, you know, in, in cost of living um, in certain parts of the country, and I'm in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, which is, you know, incredibly expensive. And then if you're paying somebody this wage in you know, West Virginia, say where I grew up, um, you're paying some, maybe double the wage that you would need to pay. So I, I, I get that issue, but I think that if you're a company and you've got a name like Google, you know, Facebook, you're one, one of those big marquee names with so many employees and people that, so many people that want to work for you, then Potentially, you might be able to, to get away with something like that, even though it does seem uh, maybe a bit cold hearted at times. Um, other employers that would try to do that, that don't have that same cachet, it, it, you're, you might, you're just opening the door and inviting people to leave. Unfortunately, that's about all the time we have today. But uh, thanks so much, Bill, for taking the time to talk to me today. It was very enjoyable. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, listeners, I certainly hope you're all enjoying these smaller episodes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HRWorks Podcasts. We're available everywhere the podcasts are, including Spotify and Audible. And we're also now releasing regular content on our YouTube channel. It includes some podcast episodes as well as new videos and other kinds of content. There's a link to that in the description. Check it out. Thank you so much, so much for listening. This is Jim Davis with HRWorks. <laughs>